0: You're listening to the Real Estate Investing Podcast with Dante Belmonte, here to help you start or continue your journey in real estate. Each episode, we bring you a different expert real estate investor who will share the secrets to their success so you
1: can learn and benefit from their experience. Let's jump right into it. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Dante Belmonte. Today with us, we have Chris Lawrence over from Rochester, New York, so not too far from me over in Syracuse. Chris, would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, man. Um, Yeah. So uh, invest in real estate in Rochester. You know, we do single family flips, single family rentals, wholesale. Um, Pretty much we'll do, you know, a lot of different variety of different things and uh, just what makes sense for us in the market. Been doing it um, part-time for about uh, two years. And then this January, I just switched to doing it full-time. So uh, full you know, full-time real estate investor and, and yeah, getting after it. So.
1: Okay. So when you say going over into full-time, does that mean you uh stopped working as your regular day job?
0: Yeah. So I, I uh, left my sales job back in January. So I, did, I sold school buses. I did that for 10 years, you know, really liked it. You know, it was good, good job, good company, all that. But uh, at the end of the day, I just didn't feel fulfilled. Like I'm like, man, I really love this real estate. You know, I want to do more, And, you know, for me, it was like, um, I didn't want to look back 20, 30 years from now and be like, man, I wish I would have given it a go. Um, so I just want, you know, kind of ready, fire, aim type person. And, you know, I was like, man, at the end of the day, worst case scenario, if like, if this doesn't work, you know, my wife and I, we have ample savings and, you know, it's like I have a runway of a year and just keep going. And, um, yeah, so bigger regret was to, to stay at a job for sure.
1: Okay, awesome. So, what we'll give you a little bit of a brag moment right now. How does your portfolio currently look? What projects do you currently have going on?
0: Yeah, so I've done about thirteen deals um, so far, and in, in the total time I've been investing, um, you know, that's it's pretty much split wholesale, um, buy and hold, and uh, flips. So currently, we have um, four rentals. Um, we have one flip that we were in the process of closing should be next week. And then we have another flip going on now and then, you know, actively marketing and and doing those types of things to to keep going. So the goals for this year is uh, flip 12, 12 properties at $25,000 profit um, wholesale, five grand a month in wholesale, and then acquire a thousand dollars, you know, monthly cash flowing rental properties. So what that looks like is probably five, five more doors for us.
1: Okay. Awesome. So it sounds like you really have goals pretty set in place for you for the next year because you knew exactly what you're going for, which is really good. So you have something set in stone for you. With those rental properties, are those all single families? Are there any multis?
0: Yep. uh, Single families. They're uh, two single family and and a condo. Um, So yeah, we, we seem to have, and they're all within, you know, a half a mile of each other. And, more specifically in Gates, New York. You know, so we invest in Rochester. These properties are in Gates, New York, you know, single families seem to work really well for us. Um, You know, a thousand square foot and under, you know, we get them and and add value to them, you know, buy them distressed.
1: Okay. So when you're, how are you marketing to find these properties when you're buying distressed properties? Are you, are they on the MLS or are they a mix of off market? How are you finding these deals?
0: Yeah. So when I first started, these deals were I made a relationship with one of, you know, just, Um, a connection that a guy that's an investor in the area. So he bought a lot of his deals off of pretty much all of his deals off, you know, through the foreclosure steps. Um, So we would um, just, just, I bought uh, one from him through the one rental through that, through foreclosure and he kind of wholesaled it to me. Um, The other one I bought through another wholesaler and then the other one was through foreclosure as well. So.
1: Okay. So you're, you're buying a most of them off of wholesalers or foreclosures for the most part.
0: Yeah. And then now we, we've shifted a little bit, like we'll do a little direct to seller marketing, you know, so we're using, you know, um, different ways like that, like uh pay-per-click, you know, Google ads, that type of stuff. We're possibly looking at doing Facebook ads. You know, we, um, you know, we recently had, I had a, a real estate coach and a, a gentleman that was doing marketing. So like a done for you marketing. So he would um, you know, they would do their marketing and then push the leads to our CRM like a warm lead. And then I would follow up with them from there. So now we're going to kind of bring that in house just given um, how much we were spending and what's going on with the market. So just kind of cut back a little bit on the marketing for right now in terms of dollars.
1: Okay. And how are you like these properties that you're buying? Are you buying them in cash? Are you using private money, hard money? How are you funding these deals?
0: Yeah, so I have a uh, business partner. Um, so my, the business partner essentially just brings uh, a capital. So we have a good amount of capital to work with at low interest rate, um, and you know we're paying cash for all of our properties.
1: Okay, so you so you have a, a money partner essentially. They do all the the funding, and then you do all the actual labor, all the work. I would imagine any outsourcing that needs to be done
0: yeah so yeah, so like what it looks like is my my business partner he'll fund the 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 marketing, all of that um, you know the monthly cost, he'll fund anything for deals, so we have um, a good amount of capital to buy deals with you know through cash and then pretty much once the deal gets to me, you know we'll you know so I have a bunch of contractors that do it, so we have contractors that do the deals um, you know from start to finish I, I more or less just some like a general contractor, so I'll order the material, just make sure timelines are on, answer any questions. Um, but really just hands off, um, and have, um, the guys do it. And then, you know, we'll, we'll list it with my, my brother-in-law who's a real estate, our real estate agent and kind of rinse and repeat. So,
1: okay, that's awesome. So with these contractors that you found, how did you find them? Cause I know something investors are always struggling with is finding a contractor that's trustworthy, that does the work you say he'll do and also keep you in the, the budget that he says he will.
0: Yeah. So we, um, yeah, that's always evolving and changing. Like when I first started out, like I have all the horror stories I'm sure like you do and people that are listening, like it always evolves and change. I guess it's just being very, very clear on like your expectations, you know, make sure you, you and your contractor have the same, like, you know, mindset and like, this is how things are done. Like I like to do things the right way. You know, I don't like to put lipstick on them, you know, cause at the end of the day, the flips, that's, that's a representation of who I am. So I, you know, I right. like to do, do things the right way, but it's, yeah, it is a challenge to find contractors, but, you know, we, we seem to have a really good, you know, painter now and, uh, you know, a really good jack of all trades that can you know do pretty much everything. And you know, we found him. Um, you know, he's just been a family friend, and he you know is looking for more work. And so, the more we do, kind of the more we give him, and kind of grow that that position. But yeah, it's you know to keep him. We, you know, we just pay pay well, pay on time. You know, set clear expectations and guidelines like this is what I want done. So there's no black and white. You know, just just being very crystal clear with your expectations.
1: Yeah, and I think communication, obviously, that's a very important part. But also, you said something as uh, paying on time. I think that's pretty important too, because a lot of people don't like to pay contracts on time, or they'll pay when the whole project's done, or they'll promise them pay at a certain time. They don't make that deadline. I mean, contracts are contractors are people, you know, too. They want to get paid on time when they do the work, and I, they appreciate that much more. So it's something I've done from day one with my contractor is I've always made sure that he is paid appropriately and on time that way we continue that relationship so if he has two jobs he has to do and he doesn't have time for it he's going to pick mine because he knows he's going to get paid on time he's going to get paid properly and we're, we're very transparent when it comes to work like we have uh we both have google uh sheets on he like he, he has an ipad with him that he brings around all the properties and so we share the spreadsheet together for each project so he can see and i can see what phase we're in and what works being done in that phase. So if we're in the demo phase, if we're in the framing phase, you know, uh, prepping phase, stuff like that. So I think that's very important because a lot of people think, you know, contractors aren't, you know, real, real people, so to speak. (laughs) They just are bodies doing the work.
0: Right, yeah, yeah. You hit on a lot of good points. You know, they they are people, um, and it sounds like you leverage technology, which I I do as well. You know, like I pay with um, you know Venmo, so it's very you know, it's quick and easy. It's right in their account. You know, and how I do it is we pay at the end of each you know week, and, and how we do it now. There's no right or wrong, but right now it's working for us. Like at the end of the week, I go there, you know, on a Thursday or Friday, kind of see what's going on if the work's getting done. Boom, I pay for the hour. You know, so it's always you know, checking on, on it, paying on Friday or Thursday and, and, and just making, making sure it's going along and that's how we've been doing it. And then also what I'll do is I'll do, um, a video, like walkthrough, like I'll actually walk through the house and be like, okay, I want that wall painted. I want this taken out. I want this cabinet this way or, you know, so I, I spell out a lot of those things. So you're not taking like, you, there's less room for interpretation, you know? And then yeah, no, I,
1: no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah.
0: I was just going to say, so that, like, you know, your painters can be on the same page and your your contractor and then they're like, well, shoot, what did Chris want done? You just, you just go look at the video and it spells it out. So it saves it from them from contacting me a bunch. Obviously they can if they need to, but it's it's kind of very cut and dry.
1: Yeah, no, I like that approach too, because again, like you said, cut and dry, it knows exactly what needs to be done. But I also like how you said, you know, towards the end of the week, Thursday, Friday, or even Saturday, you'll go to the property, see what's done. And then you said you'd pay upon that, correct?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So usually it's a yeah.
1: That that is nice because you're paying according to what work has already been done, not what work's gonna be promised to you. um, Which there's no right or wrong method. It's whatever works for you in your situation with your contractor. I think the way we do it is, again, we see that on a spreadsheet the the scope of work that's gonna be done. We pay fifty percent on that, and then once that scope of work's done, they get the additional fifty percent, and they start on the next phase. So again, no right or wrong method, but just however it works for you with your guys.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's key. Like just, yeah, whatever, like you spell out with your contractors, like that, that'll work. You know, it's like that, that what my system might evolve down the road. Like when we start to grow, you know, I'll have to have probably different crews and different things. So everyone kind of works differently. So you just got to kind of see what, what works and, you know, hold them, hold them to it and exactly. keep, keep going forward
1: yeah are you are your contractors doing all the work for for on your projects are you hands-on with anything or you do like smaller things
0: yeah so like when i like my you know if you you were to rewind like my first flip i ever did you know i was like painting and they're helping the contractor and you know learning i'm like man this is one i'm not handy and two i'm like there's no way i'm going to be able to scale this like that so it was good like like i learned so many good lessons being able to to get there and see things come together. If you've never been through construction, like putting cabinets, laying tile and, and all the different nuances to it. So I learned it, but I quickly learned that like, if you want to do this, you know, you have to, you know, depend, you don't have to, but like, if you want to scale it, you kind of have to take a hands off approach and uh, you know, have good people to do the the contract work. And then also like, you know, when you, if you're doing contract work, like who's going to find leads and who's going to market and continue that going on. So it's like, yep you know, you need to, you know, highest and best use of your, your time and, um, you know, all of that. So, um, Oh yeah, I, I think so, yeah, that's, so that it, it,
1: yeah, I think that's very important because it, I'm like the same as you. I'm not a super handy guy. I don't know how to do a majority of this stuff, but because I haven't been working as much or I've been working from home with the whole virus going on, things like that. I spent two full days last week going over with my contractors, just working on a project with them just so I could see how things were done, work with them a little bit and maybe even give, you know, a little push to shove to move things along a little bit quicker because who knows what's going to be happening in the coming months with everything that's going on. Talk to us a a little bit about, because a lot of people on here, they're newer. They're looking to get started, so they want to hear and be more realistic about first things that go on. So, talk to us about your first deal. We'll break it down, basically, on how you did it, how you found it, and then how you funded it, and then we'll go into the numbers a little bit more.
0: Yeah, man, I remember that deal very vividly. Um, <laughs> how can we so, forget those, right? Yeah. So, so yeah. So, like, I guess I'll take it a step, like, kind of, kind of, where it all started. So, like, mm-hmm. I've always been interested in real estate. You know, I've always been a ready, fire, aim person. I um, read "Rich Dad, Poor Dad." That was was a, you know, just kind of an eye-opener, like, holy cow. Um, then I yeah. found bigger pockets as probably many of your listeners know and are familiar with, so that's a great resource. So I would listen to, like, every podcast. I listened to every podcast probably two or three times over, just gained so much information. And, like, one day I'm like, you know what, um, I'm just going to take action. I'm going to buy something, you know. So I um, woke up one morning, you know, real early, um, went on auction.com. It was, I put a bid in on a – it was a condo right in the, the town I live in in Fairport – and I'm like, there's no way, you know, I'm like shaken to like, you know, put, put in all the information and I'm like, yep. there's no way I'm going to get this thing. And so I, so I bid on it. And then like in that time, it was either before or after I went and actually door knocked the property, looked at it. So I kind of knew what I was getting. And then like, I think, you know, within the the coming day or two, you know, that people from auction.com called me and said, Hey, you're so close to getting this. Like, can you, can you rework your numbers? And I'm like, okay, yeah, let me think about it. So I, you know, that time I, you know, looking back, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was like, yeah, okay. I can pay a little more. So, you know, so I, so I paid a little more. (laughs) Yeah. Why not? You know, so I got it. Um, you know, so we ended up winning the bid, you know, and I I remember like, I'm a sound sleeper. Like I can sleep through anything. Like I I remember that so distinctly. I couldn't sleep for a week straight after I bought that. I'm like, what am I going to do? You know, like I'm talking to my wife, I'm like, what do we just do? You know? And, So, yeah, so we just, we put one foot in front of the other. We had, you know, a few contractors we pieced together. Um, You know, I was doing, you know, painting and, you know, a lot of the things just to learn it. You know, I um, ended up, I think I took like a, a, like a, like essentially like a car loan because I have good, good credit. So I took like, I think $25,000 car loan, you know, like my parents, you know, my mother-in-law, like whoever, they just lent me money. Just like, you know, like I believe in you, you know, you know seem like you know what you're doing. So yes, we put together, you know, we bag borrowed and stealed from everyone. We had credit cards like with home depot. So like, we just, we just made it happen and figured That's it awesome. out, you know, like, you know, cause I, I think I had enough money for like the acquisition of the property. I think, which, you know, I don't remember at the time what it was, but we had enough to buy the property. I'm like, well, shoot. Now I got a, I got holding costs. I have, you know, material, different things, taxes, association fee. Um, you know, so we, we just, we figured out how to get it done and, uh, yeah, so it was it was a great lesson. So yeah,
1: was this a, uh, a flip or a rental?
0: Yeah, this was a flip. So we, okay. I don't remember the exact numbers, but I think we bought it for ninety, sold it for one hundred and fifty ish, held it for about one hundred and twenty days, um, and at you know when it was all said done, I think we made eighteen twenty thousand dollars. Okay, and, nice.
1: So it was a pretty successful first project for you guys.
0: Yeah. So I think, I think a lot of it, like, you know, like looking back, I didn't know, like, you don't know what you don't know. Um, And I'm like, yeah, I I think it could sell for, you know, 140. And, but then we like, man, it's a good market. So, you know, it was a combination of, you know, we get, I think we got a decent deal. The market was really strong, a good area. Um, And yeah, it was, it was a good deal. And then like the light bulb just went off. I'm like, man, I just made 20 grand, you know, in like three months, you know, I worked, for it. Cause you know, obviously of I, mean, course. I did a lot, some of the work, but like, and you know, then the wheels are turning, like you could do this at scale and you know, you can make more and more and, and keep this going. So yeah, that was, that was huge for me. Just getting into a deal is, is the big thing. And you know, you don't, you don't ever have it all figured out. Like there's still stuff now that you don't know. You just, you figure it out as you go. And I think if I have one piece of advice is just make sure you buy stuff very conservatively um, just in general. And, and now, Um, Even with the coronavirus and what I mean by conservatively, like, okay, like I think this property could sell for 135, make the numbers work at 135. And if it sells over, that's just like, you know, icing on on the top and, you know, better, but just want to be conservative and, and, you know, safeguard yourself from all those things that can, can go wrong.
1: Exactly. Like uh, One of the projects I'm working on right now, we have an ARV that we have in our head for the property. So when we do uh, a cash out refinance for 80%, we can pull out all that capital we put into the projects to pay back private lenders and ourselves for the money we put on the acquisition for the project. And I was talking to a a quote unquote, I guess you could say mentor, someone that really got me started Mm -hmm. in the real estate investing world. And he's like, well, why do you think it's only worth 125? I mean, I think it's going to be worth more than that. And I was like, "Well, I'm only saying 125, so it's worst case scenario. So if it is better, it's just going to be icing on the cake for us." And I think that's super important for people who are looking to get started and have questions about that. Is don't look at the best case scenario because that's going to be the worst. You want to look at the worst case scenario and go from there.
0: Right. Yeah. That, that's great. Like I have, you know, two examples of that. So like one example, like we just did a flip. I'm like, I know it can sell for 135, um, but you know, like I, there's a comp. I I almost 100% positive. it will sell. Let's make the numbers work at 135. You know, I got the property for you know $60, 500, You know, I had a 40 grand rehab budget. You know, we ended up being eight grand under budget, which is you know normally never happens. Never happens. So we, yeah. <laughs> so, so we were eight grand under budget. We ended up. My wife and I. We went through the property. Like, man, this thing looks really nice. Like, let's um, let's let's list it at 143. So we listed at 143.9. It was on the market. You know. Oh, not even a week. And it went, you know, it ended up selling for one fifty one five oh one, you know, wow. so we, we netted like 42 K, um, you know, and, and, you know, that's, that, I think that's probably more of a double or a triple, but like, it, <laughs> it was just crazy. Cause it's like, I only had like 15 hours of time into it, you know, like t- talking about your, t- your, what's your time worth? You know, like yep. my, the hourly rate is, you know, like to 1500 to 200 or uh, $2,000 an hour. So it's like, you need to be doing those tasks to generate more deals. Um, but yeah, just, just being conservative and, um, you know, trying to mitigate those risks. And then like, that's a good story. Then like a bad story on one of my rentals, I was doing a, a burr and I went 24 grand over budgets. So, like I had, you know, $24,000 into the deal. It's still cash flows and it's good property, but that's not, that's not ideal for a burr. Right. Know? It's not
1: what you went for. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I another thing with, you know, how we're always want to underestimate numbers when I'm looking maybe at like a multifamily deal, I'm always trying to make those numbers not work almost as silly as that sounds. I try to do everything Mm -hmm. I can put in every expense or any CapEx or any reserves a little higher than I have to, to see how good of a deal it can get. And then once I have it at that, at its worst, basically where all the numbers are at the top or all the numbers are at the bottom and it's, and the, the margins are as skinny as they can be. Then I have different columns and I start looking at it. Well, okay. If we don't have that and it's just this, it's like, Oh, it looks better and better. So I think trying to push a deal to almost where it isn't a deal actually helps you, helps you out because that's what you want to do. You want to make it. So in the worst case scenario, it's still a good deal.
0: Right. And, and I've been on the other side of that when you're like, man, you're trying to like make the numbers work. You're like, Oh, I think I can, I can rent it for at the top of the top at 1200. Yep. And if everything goes perfect, you know, I'll cash flow. and you know, it's not perfect. Like that one, one property, I went 24 grand over budget like a week in the tenant called me like, Hey, like when I run the washer, it's backing up in the um, tub, you know, and this, this was a um, like in the bathtub and this was a, a foreclosure property or a vacant property for God knows how long. And like, oh shoot, you know, we'll get that fixed. You know, we had sent the property management company over. They redid all the pl- plumbing underneath. Still no good. Like long story short, there was a crack in the sewer line. So they had you mm-hmm. know I had to repair that. That was two or three grand that we weren't planning on. So it's like, you know, you just need to make sure you have adequate, um, you know, reserves and also being conservative if you're doing your first deal. And then, then after that, you'll kind of, pick, you know, figure out the pieces and put them together and kind of, you know, know what you need to do.
1: Exactly, and yeah, and that's why it's we have to be so careful, and investors have to be so careful that emotions don't play a role into this because you emotionally get tied to a property if it's in a good location that you really like, it's in a certain condition, then you you, you almost try to pay more than you should if it's a multiple offer mm-hmm. situation or something of that nature. Um, what is uh, what's your long term investing goal?
0: Yeah. So for me, it, it kind of evolves and changes, but like, I, I enjoy flipping, you know um, so that's fun, you know, and that's more of an active thing. You know, I enjoy flipping right now. You don't know, want to keep you know, doing that 12 this year and then kind of keep growing, growing that. And then eventually maybe be more hands off and kind of oversee it. Um, but, if, you know, ideally like I want to get enough doors to where, you know, it offsets, you know, our, our passive or, you know, offsets our expense number. So, if that's fifty doors, you know, hundred doors, or, or you know, if it's single-family or apartments, but just really to have that passive income and still still play an active role in the business because I genuinely do like real estate. I like to um, you know take the ugliest house up, fix it up. You know, I, I love to create win-win situations for all. Like my starting with my contractors, anyone I work with, my vendors, my you know my lawyers, bank people, all the way to like my um, you know residents like with this time with the coronavirus, like I reached out to all my residents, like, Hey, like, you know, you guys have been great tenants. Let's, let's work through this. If anything looks different, let's just talk about it. And so right. I, I just like to help people out. I enjoy the business. And, and that's the goal, you know, to, to, to build this and to leave a, leave a legacy and, and be able to eventually have financial freedom. So do what, what I want when I want with my family and, and, uh, you know, wife and then, you know, kids in the future, once we start, uh, start that. So, um, yeah, that, that's really the goal, but I'm sure it'll evolve and change, but really it's it's to have the freedom.
1: Right. Yeah. I'm right there with you. And how old are you right now? I am 30. Okay. And so you, you've, it sounds like you've done a decent amount of deals and now that you have that goal of 12 this year, I mean, that's pretty awesome. You're going to be doing basically, uh, or starting a flip per month for the most part. With these properties that you're chasing after that you're looking for, for flips or even for rentals, is there a certain, type of property you're looking for as far as like, Oh, we have to do more cosmetic work. Or are you looking for something that has a little structural work that needs to be done? Are you just looking to paint and redo cabinets? Like what is it that you guys are looking for for your value add strategy?
0: Yeah, it's really, um, like I think that kind of always evolves, like just depending on like if you're doing, you know, like we're doing a bunch of direct to seller marketing. So like really we're I'm not scared of, to, or not, not scared, but like we'll, we'll do anything that makes sense. Like if it's, if it's, you know, really like our target flip is like, you know, buy it for 60 to 80, you know, the ARV is, you know, 200 and under, you know, so it's just really looking at it deal by deal. Like, okay, does this meet our, you know, 200, you know, $25,000, you know, profit that we want to make and you know the the bigger scopes of rehab that's sometimes when it can open up yourself for more things to go wrong right um, it's but, worms at that point right but that's also like you know things can go wrong but then they can also go good like my last flip and you can make good money so you kind of got to mitigate your risk and also like with everything going on now in the world like we need to have an exit strategy so like we're still going to flip because it's a strong market you know Rochester's pretty steady yeti but like we need to be like okay you know if, if we're into a deal for a hundred thousand or 110 like and we can't sell it for whatever reason we could it's not ideal but we could stick a tenant in it for a year or two and cash flow it just to survive until some you know whatever that looks like. Um, so yeah, so, and so that's kind of our flips. It's, you know, good area, good school district, you know, 250,000, you know, ARV or after repair value and under, and then for our our rentals, it's, you know, C, C plus neighborhoods, working class right now, it's just single families and Gates seems to be working really well and, you know, just low maintenance, you know, doing the burst strategy, pulling all of our money out and cash flowing $200 a door.
1: Nice. Okay. So yeah, you you definitely obviously have, uh, a strategy set up for what you're looking to do, which is awesome. I mean, obviously you have to have a plan in place to to execute it. Um, with starting with all this or as you go out, do you have like a mentor or do you have anyone that you really talk to or look for, for encouragement or advice?
0: Yeah, that's been huge. Like the, the mentor select, so like, um, one of my first mentors would actually went to school with his daughter um we give brad a shout out um brad blaine he's been, was huge for me like he was pretty much the catalyst that started it all like i don't know if i'd be where i'm at if it wasn't for him um because he kind of could walk you through it he's, he's flipped houses for 30 years so he he kind of would push that comfort zone and you know i remember the first house i bought from him i was like turning all shades of, of red because i was so nervous but he kind of you know, would hold my hand and walk me through it. And now he's a good friend. I talk with him, you know, he was actually calling me when on the, on the podcast you know, I talk with him. He's been huge. I've networked, um, uh, with a lot of wholesalers and, and Joe Lapavera, um, huge, you know, he's like one of the best wholesalers in Rochester. In my opinion, we have a great relationship. We've done thousands of dollars of wholesale deals. And also like I bought flips from him, you know, and there's so many other people I don't want to like leave anyone out, but like yeah. Networking is so huge. You know, talking with quote unquote, your competitors. Um, mm-hmm. There's so many deals out there that like you need to have an abundance mindset and work with everyone. Cause it, if the deal works for me, it might not work for you or your other, um, you know, competitors. So it's just, you know, have an abundance mindset and do things the right way um, and just put one foot in front of the other.
1: Right. And I, I mean, I think like going back to what you're saying, it might not work out for you this deal, but it might work out for me because everyone does different things with it. What someone might look forward to do as a rental, you might do as a flip or vice versa, or when they go in to do a flip, maybe they're looking to do a full, you know, gut job to the property, a full rehab where you can go in and say, well, we don't need to do that. We can only allocate, we can allocate our money here and not spend as much and make a higher
0: return on our investment. So, I mean, that's very important too. Um, well, yeah, like just for for example, like uh, Joe, I work with him. Like his, he does a lot. Like he does, he's pretty much a jack of all trades, but he does a lot of wholesaling in the inner city. I I don't really do buy and hold stuff or rentals in the inner city, but he has a huge buyer's list. So like I have leads, so it's like I'm trying to monetize every lead that I get. So it's like perfect example. Tomorrow we're gonna go to a um, you know lead with properties at inner city, and he has buyers. And what we do if we get under contract, we'll just split it 50-50. I bring the lead, he brings the buyers, and you know, it works out, you know, because I, I, I couldn't, you know, I don't, I don't have the personality to be able to do stuff in the, the inner city, you know, um, but right? <laughs> that doesn't mean it's right or wrong. I mean, there's a lot of people that make lots of money and, you know, you have, can have good tenants. Just for me, I just, that doesn't fit my model.
1: Right. No, I definitely hear you with that. And again, going back to something you were talking about in your market being in Rochester, and again, we have fairly similar markets being about only an hour, an hour and a half away from each other. Uh, we have very steady markets. I feel like we don't appreciate too much. But we also don't depreciate too much. So with right. everything going on with this coronavirus and everything and no one working and people are nervous that, you know, it's gonna be another recession. I don't think I definitely think we'll we'll get a taste of it. We'll get hit a little bit, but I don't think it'll be as hard as people predict it to be. Would you agree mm-hmm. with that?
0: Yeah, I wouldn't because like I yeah, I, I share the same, you know, it's very similar, right? Cause it's just Syracuse is a stone throw away from, from Rochester. Um, I, I did some research, so I wasn't investing back in 08, you know, back when the, you know, the housing crisis, but I kind of looked at Rochester um, and it was just very, it just seemed like it wasn't affected. It was very kind of. It was almost like plateauing. Yeah. It would just kind of go up a little bit, you know, it didn't lose value. And, and for me, it's like, at the end of the day, like, man, if, if a property cash flows and you can, there's always going to be people that need to rent. Um, if it cash flows, you're all right. You know, like from a rental perspective, right. like it doesn't really matter what it's worth today. If you're not selling it 10, 15 years down the road, because it's a, you know, you know, cash flowing, it's a appreciating asset, you know?
1: Exactly. I mean, and I, as an agent, I'm always looking at properties and their values. Like if they're listed now, what was their value when they originally bought, you know, five, 10 years ago, whatnot. I mean, you could do nothing to a property and it'll fluctuate between like five to $10,000 if that is, just over time because it doesn't even appreciate that much. I mean, you look at our market versus, we'll say, downstate. So when people always hear we're from New York or we're in New York, <laughs> yeah, I right. think the city, I'm like, no, right. it's a totally different ball, ball game. I mean, in New York City, you're, you're buying houses that we're buying for like a million dollars down in the city, and they're not buying for cash flow, they're buying for appreciations. They're trying to hold that right. asset, that property, for longer, and it's going to increase in value. That's when they're going to sell it and make their money. The cash flow is just to hold on to it. And, and stay afloat versus for us right. we're not holding on to assets because we think it's going to double in value in five years ten years we're looking to get the most money and the most return right now off the cash flow on that property you know
0: right yeah it's like the four four wealth generators like you know for me it's like you know cash flow you know for me it's a must you know if it appreciates that that's just a bonus you know and then you have a tenant you know so you have debt pay down and mm-hmm. then you get tax benefits and um, yeah, if you, if you're playing the appreciation game and you're outside somewhere like, you know, where it fluctuates, that, that could be a scary time and, you know, it comes back to just safeguard, you know, I think, I think this coronavirus thing's an anomaly, but like trying to make sure you have adequate reserves and just, you know, you're, you're in a good position. Um, cause now I think unfortunately for a lot of people, um, and positions that, you know, this will create opportunities, um, for us, you know, fixing and flips and you know, acquiring more properties, which, you know, you hate to see these things happen, but unfortunately, I think that that'll create some opportunity for us to, you know, and to help these people that are going to more than likely lose their house. Like, you know, again, creating that win-win, like the one property um, I was referencing that went, you know, under budget over ARV, like that property was going to go into tax foreclosure. So we saved that the guy from going into tax foreclosure, it was going to be um, this past February. And he was just so thankful. It's like, Oh my gosh, like, you know, thank you so much. Like the house was just filled with so much stuff. He didn't know what to do, you know, it was in disrepair. And we, we took a huge burden off his back and he was able to make some money and walk away, you know, and walk away from it. Cause I think sometimes when you hear flippers, like you think people are taking advantage of these, these sellers, right, yep. but I think that's that's you know, that might be the case with some, but like for me, it's like I try to help out like I'm very upfront, like, hey, here's our cash offer, like we can do this. If that doesn't work, like hey, if you want to list it, like, you know, here's a few people that you could list it with or like sell it as is. I'm like very like I let the the seller kind of dictate what they want and kind of guide them in a in a direction that makes sense.
1: No, of course. And like you said, you know, some flippers they try to take advantage of people, but in the way we're looking at it is everyone's benefiting. I mean, you have someone who's in a sticky situation, like you said, has all the stuff in the house, doesn't know what to do with it, the house is in disrepair. We saved them from a tax foreclosure, sweet. You're off the hook. We also got a good deal. We also just gave business to our contractors. Now we're gonna be able to sell the house and some family's gonna come in and say, hey, it's hands off, we don't have to do anything with this property, we can just move in and we're good to go. I mean, that benefits everyone. No one is unbeneficial in that scenario. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, dude. I, I love that. I mean, that's like, so such my model. It's like you, you just, it's like win, win, win all the way down. Like you're creating, yeah. You're creating work for the contractor. You're creating so many jobs like Home Depot, lawyers, title agency, you know, get, you know, I love It's, it's
1: the economy, you know, properly functioning. That's what that is, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. And like, and then like at the end, like I actually took a lower offer for someone on the house that we were um, selling because like I talked with my agent, like, Hey, I really, this is a couple that is so excited. They're looking for their first time, you know, house, you know, I really yep. like dealing with the real estate agent. So I left three or four grand on the table, but I'm like th- that to me, like just, I was excited, you know, cause I'm like, th- they love, they love the house. You know, it's very competitive in Rochester. So like, it's on the market, there's multiple offers over asked So I'm like, I just want I want to go with these people. I trust my agent, like what he's seeing. And, and usually, you know, that was our first offer. Usually the first offer is the best offer is what, um, you know, I've uh, went by. And so, yeah, so it's, I just, I love, love the whole thing. And, you know, you can make money at it too, you know, so it doesn't have to, you know, be a, a lose win or win lose for people
1: exactly and like you said with your agent he's like well i know this offers a little bit less but they're really excited and the fact that your agent's saying that agents are commission-based so usually they're like "We'll don't take that offer take this one it's five thousand dollars more it's the most money we all make more money you know so that again goes to show character and that's one of the reasons why i want to have you on the show and that's why all the guests i always have on the show is they're people that they're ethical people you know they they have good ethics you'll never see someone come on here and try to sell you something or talk about, you know, <laughs> right. just talking out of their butt and whatnot. Yeah. You'll always hear sincerity in someone's voice, how sincere they are. And that's right. a huge role as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's, it's uh it's a fun journey and uh, yeah, it's, it's fun just to see, you know, just creating jobs for people, you know, creating houses for people and, and making money and, and it's, it can all go hand in hand and you can do it the right way. And um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a fun deal for sure. Awesome. Okay. Now all these properties that you are purchasing,
1: like you said, you have like a money partner that funds all the advertisements, the acquisition, things like that. And yourself, are these properties owned in one of your guys' names? Is it in an LLC? Uh, how do you guys do about the ownership aspect of things?
0: Yes. Good question. So, um, currently all the rentals that I have are in my, an LLC in my name. Um, and then going forward, how we have it now is my partner wants to start acquiring these rentals as well. So we'll have like anything we flip or buy from here forward will be in, in our LLC that we have the partnership set up through.
1: Okay. So you have everything in in business names, according to partnerships, individual ownership, things like that.
0: Yep. Right.
1: Okay. Does, uh, does your wife have any involvement with everything that you're doing?
0: Um, she's more like, she likes the decorating side of it. And she's yeah. more of the, you know, the social media, you know, she'll help out, <laughs> which is huge, um, you know, and um, yeah, she'll, she'll, she'll help out, you know, she like, we go look for houses and we'll go do different things and she's more of the decorating, you know, so I trust her like, you know, if we're using the grays or the whites or, you know, whatever the, the yep. in Pinterest style is. So I just take her lead on that. Um. yeah. And, and she helps out, you know, cause it's, you know, real estate is good, but it's, you know, I'm sure, you know, it's a roller coaster, man. It's like, you oh, have yeah. the highest highs and the low lows. So it's like trying, she keeps me very steady and, and tries to keep it level. Sure. <laughs> yeah. As much as you can be.
1: Yeah. I mean, my, my wife's the same way. And so she's very helpful. Like when she comes into a property, I'll be like, yeah, so we're doing this, we're doing that. You know, the whole place is down to studs and we're like, yeah, we're going to do this. She's like, well, why don't you just leave that and paint it white and look really good. I was like, you're right. That would look good if we took, instead of, you know, redoing the brick or anything on that fireplace, we could just paint it white. It's going to look really sharp. And then, you know, we we went out to dinner with her, her parents. So my in-laws and I was like, Oh, do you guys want to come see it? We're right around the corner. We've got lock boxes on all the properties. So we went in and she's yeah. like, Oh, this is nice. She's like, this is a beautiful staircase. Why don't you, you know, you, you already have it down the studs. Why don't you just take out this wall here? So it's opened up the living room a little, a little bit more. And I was like, how did I never think yeah. of that? That's such a good idea. Yeah, yeah. So then, you know, I text my contractor picture of it. I was like, "Take this down on Monday if you can." And so he takes it down. I come in and look at it. And I was like, "This looks so much better. It's it's yeah. more open. You can see the staircase from the living room." And that's why it's also nice to have a second or even third set of eyes come in and look at that stuff because you and I, you know, we're thinking about so many. We're not thinking about what color to paint the brick or you know, we're not thinking all of that. We're thinking about mm-hmm. how to find, how to find properties, how to fund them, um, what the RV is going to be, uh, who we're going to have work on the property. That That's where our mindset really is. So to have someone else, a female role typically come in and, and take a little of that burden away by looking at the design or even again, having a second or third set of eyes really benefits us. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, it sounds like you know it's a similar story you're telling over there for sure. And sometimes it's like, all right, we need to, we can't go that. You know, we have a budget, we gotta stay within. You know, yeah, so you exactly. Gotta, yeah, you gotta, you gotta balance that for sure.
1: She's like, oh, well, a really big tub will look great in here. I was like, yes, yeah, sweetheart, but there's a budget we have to stay in. <laughs> so the big tub's yeah. not going to go in here. We're going to yeah. you know, do a tub with an insert and a surround for now. On the next one, right. if we have room in the budget, then we'll go with that. She's like, well, instead of the granite, why don't we go with the quartz? I know the quartz looks a lot better, but, again, we have to stay within the budget. And she gets it. Right. I mean, I, right. again, they sometimes they get carried away, which is totally fine. They have great ideas, yeah. but they got to look at the budget you know that's yeah, the important that's right. part and sticking with that at the end of
0: yeah exactly well, yeah and, and too like i'm learning as i go like sometimes you don't need i tend to maybe go on the extreme of over rehabbing like mm-hmm. you just need to flip to your comps or like whatever right. you're you know if it's a rental like just rehab to the comps you know you don't have to over improve unless you know something you want to you know set the set the bar for a new arv um, exactly yeah
1: and that's kind of what I'm doing in this one neighborhood. So there's this one street, it's on like the East side of the city in Syracuse that I own a few units already on that street. And I really see a lot of potential in that area because it's very close to the city. It's a close to a downtown. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of am setting that new ARV. I'm taking these properties. I'm like, they're going to be the nicest ones in the neighborhood. And I'm going to keep doing it with each one. That way I just push that value up in that neighborhood. Cause it's, it's funny. You have basically like these condos in the middle that are fairly nice, fairly new. And then you have on um, like the East side, you have these four $500,000, like huge old homes that are nice. And then around these condos here where we're currently at it's like all these like homes that are, you know, in distress, dilapidated. They're not that nice, but I'm trying to pick up one by one and just bring up that value and bring up the whole area. So it's pretty cool. That, you know, we're able to do that.
0: Yeah, dude, it's so cool. Like when you're saying like you're, you know, you're probably pulling so like what I've ran into now is like when I was doing comp for a property, like one of my properties came up that I flipped, you know, so it's it's cool just to see like like yeah, we flipped that, you know, so you're you're setting the comps and it sounds like you're yeah, like like dude, I love to improve the neighborhood. You know, there's nothing better than taking a you know, fixer upper house and making it nice and sticking a nice tenant in there, adding value, putting it back on the tax map. You know, it's just you know, again, that broken record, but a win win for, for everyone.
1: Right. Yeah. And I th- think that's the point we need to get across. And again, I, th- I think it's cool that we we can bring up the value in these homes and my contractor, he's, he's a huge player on my team because whenever we're looking at a property, I always go in, I bring him with me. I typically don't do a home inspection because I have them with me on the walkthrough. And so when we're doing a property, I'm like, all right, well, let's just, you know, like do this in the bathroom too. And he's like, Hey, just remember, we're not trying to do a $250,000 house in a $150,000 neighborhood. You know, right. I, I have very high standards. So I want things to be really nice. Like here we have this house built in literally 1910 and the floor is kind of slanted into one section. And I'm like, I want everything straight. I want everything flattened because I'm not doing any cob jobs here. I want it all done yeah. properly and correct. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. That's, that'll just benefit down the road for sure.
1: Yeah. Now do you have anything else that I didn't touch on or anything you'd like to talk about? Cause we're going to go into the, uh, the next section here.
0: No, no, I I think I've covered it, you know, and, um, you know, if anyone wants to, to, you know, link up with me on social, the best would be to do Instagram. Um, it's Chris flips rock. So C H R I S flips rock R O C. Awesome. Okay.
1: So going over the next segment, it's called the curious cues. I'm going to throw a handful of questions at you and you can just fire answers back. Um, Mm -hmm. we'll go first with uh, your favorite podcast.
0: I would say, is it uh, real estate related or just podcasts in general? It can be in general. Okay, yeah. I guess I'll give you two. Um, I I really enjoy um, Bigger Pockets. That's a great one. Um, yeah, they do. Know, both the job. rookie and, and uh, the 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 old the tried and true one, and then I, I really love listening to uh, Joe Rogan uh, podcast okay. as well, just for overall information.
1: Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. You were uh, rookie, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I uh, recorded on the rookie and I was actually supposed to, to air like two, like right before the Corona hit and they're like, Hey man, you know, we're going to have to push it off until after right. the coronavirus," Um, because, uh, you know, just they're, they're, they're posting more content that's on the current like, okay. info. Yeah. I'm like, no worries. Cool. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I, that F- was an awesome experience.
1: Felipe and Ashley, they're awesome. They've both been on the show as well. They're just great people. And Ashley, she's very close to us.
0: <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. We got the the Buffalo Syracuse and Rochester.
1: Yep. All right. Uh, next question. What's your uh, favorite book?
0: Favorite book. Um, I really love, you know, so the rich dad Poor I was a great book, but then like, I think a, a better book was it's the, it's a rich dad Poor Dad book, it's called Cash Flow quadrant. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I highly recommend that. It just, it just talks about there's different quadrants. There's like business owners, you know, um, you know, w- you know, employees and then there's investors and, um, you know, self-employed like different, yeah, self employed and different things like that. And it just gives you different insights and mindsets to like what people think about and how you do things. So it was just like, you know, one of those aha moments uh, for me. So yeah, that, that book's great. Yeah, I always
1: call a cash flow uh, or cash flow quadrant like part two of Rich Dad Poor Dad because Rich Dad mm-hmm. Poor Dad's really, it's like the foundation of everything. That's how you should really be looking at money, income. And then cash flow uh, quadrant is more of where you sit in that income standpoint and how you can shift from one group to the other. So I, again, I think that's an awesome book. That's a great recommendation.
0: Yeah. And then I guess one more, just a mindset book. Um, so it's called on F yourself, you know, it's the full title kind of bleeped out, but that is like a huge book. Like if you're looking for anything like mindset related, it just lets you know, like, you know, anyone can do anything they want. It's all between your ears. And like, it's a huge mindset, um, shifter and just, you know you are what you, you talk about and think about so just getting that positive self-talk right and you know it's a great book so yeah. those two books highly recommend
1: awesome okay uh biggest hurdle you've had to overcome uh in real
0: estate biggest hurdle that's a good question um, it always stump someone there's like two
1: more on here that'll stump you a little bit too
0: <laughs> biggest hurdle so i think um one hurdle was, um, I had my rental property rented out before it was finished. Um, and I, and I had, <laughs> so like I had at least up like, okay, like this will be done, you know, say May and I'm on vacation say to say in April and call my contractor. I'm like, Hey, is everything good? You know, we on track, you know, yep good, good. You know, and I get back and nothing really had been done. Like it was down to the studs. Like it was like, Oh Lord. <laughs> and they're like moving in. And like, a, I think at the time it was a, you know, two, call it two weeks and we had probably three to four weeks worth of work. So what had to happen? Like I was helping my contractor, I hired a new contractor. Like I had to put Jeez. my tenants up in a hotel for, I think like a week, week and a half. Um, you know, so that was money out of pocket, but did the right thing. Cause they were moving from right. Syracuse to, you know, to live in Rochester and they're actually uh, still, in no, there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. It should be the other way around. But, but yeah, so they're, they're actually still in there. They're, they're actually buying a house. They'll be moving out this, um, this, you know, next month and I have new tenants going in, but, but yeah, that was a super stressful time. Like, man, how am I going to get through this? Like, what am I doing? Um, so, so that, and then one time I had a flip, um, that I had my wedding money into the deal. And, um, I actually closed the, I was super stressful. Like again, contractor issues, tight timeline, probably a little too confident. Like my, I was like feeling myself, like we did some flips, you know, do this. And so I, I actually got money you know, we closed the night of my rehearsal day, you know, rehearsal night dinner, you know? So like it was just, yeah, it was, it was a stressful time, but. But you learn, you know, through all those, like I feel like you learned so many good lessons, you know, and you know, test your your character and determination. You just keep going forward, it will get better. And, you know, you'll you'll look back and be like, man, that was a tough time, but you know, you learned X, Y, and Z.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. And going back again to being ethical, what you said by putting those tenants in the hotel, you know, some other grouchy old landlord could have been like, well, it's not my problem. You know, I was told it's gonna get, you know, you did the right thing, and I bet you. It showed with that tenant, and I bet you they've been great tenants for you throughout the whole time, oh,
0: yeah, I mean that, they've been great tenants, and like you know uh the girl that lived there, um the boyfriend girlfriend, but her dad pulled me aside, like man, like thank you so much for doing that, like you know, and I just love that, like helping someone out, oh you know, yeah, I was actually there helping them move stuff in there. Cause I felt bad, and you know they you know they're like sam's the the tenant that was like the reason I picked you is because I just liked working with you, you know, you were very responsive, you know like. So, so that goes a long way. Just being a good person goes such, such a long way. And then like when things pop up, like we work through them, um, you know, like that they're, they're paying their rent now and you know, like we're working through it, like at the end, like, Hey Sam, you know, can we, you know, I got tenants that want to move in a little earlier. Can we work through that with with your closing and just having the open line of communication and being a a real person and, but, but also having kind of rule, like these are the rules and like, you know, Mm -hmm. but, but like, I'm willing to work with you and make, you know, make it, uh, make it happen.
1: That's the, uh, that's the tough part about real estate investing is putting your foot down, but also being a good person at the same time. Like when you see someone struggling and it's tough for them to make rent, it's like, do I enforce it with that late fee? Do I, it's really tough, but every situation plays itself out typically. And you have to go situation by situation. No two are the same.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm by nature. I'm, you know, very outgoing and you know, what don't like to be like the stickler, but it's like, I, ha- here's the the lease. know, it just, it's, it's outlined. We have, you know, a signature, like, here's what it is. And obviously there's anomalies and things that happen, but like, Hey, like after the fifth, after the fifth, there's a $20 late fee. And you know, then mm-hmm. you know so there's processes and, and take it, you know, push it a bigger pockets reference, put it more on like, Hey, this is the lease. I'm sorry. Like, right. Know, it's leave, not me. Gotta it's be in
1: comp- the concepts. Yeah. And procedures. we have to do in
0: compliance with the Fair Housing Act, you know, so kind of push it on something else to take the pressure off of you.
1: So. Right. Exactly. Very well said. Um, next question. Uh, favorite part of investing.
0: Favorite part of investing. I would say I just really like, I'm like a deal junkie. Like I just love to get a deal. And like when you get under contract, like, and just being persistent with it, like, like we just got a deal on, I, don't know, I think Friday or Saturday, we found out like, two of the t- the buyers fell out. We were number three, you know, and this was back in February. I put an offer in. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to get this, you know? And that was the wrong mindset. I put an offer in anyways. I'm like, you know, I should have been like, yeah, we have an opportunity. And, you know, fast forward to almost April and we're like, you still ready? I'm like, yeah, perfect. You know? So we got a, a great deal and I already have it pre-sold. So yeah, I'd say get, getting the deals, man. I love getting deals and, and creating those win-wins.
1: Yeah. It's very satisfying. Like I love analyzing deals and when the numbers look good, I'm just like, yeah, like yeah. that's, and good you just <laughs> know you have a
0: deal, you know, like, you know, this is a good deal and you know, you're going to, it's going to be a good, good, uh, you know, project. Exactly. Okay. Your biggest hero. Biggest hero. I would say my biggest hero would be my wife. She puts up with, um, Oh, she's listening, isn't she? No. <laughs> No, she's actually working upstairs. But no, I'd, I'd say my wife, man. She, um, she's a trooper. Like she trusts me. Like you know, leaving a, a six-figure job, um, you know, has a lot of probably more faith in myself sometimes, at times, than I than I do in myself. But yeah, she she um is in you know full believes in me a hundred percent. And I'd say my wife for sure. She uh, and you know she's a mental health counselor. So like hearing what she deals with and the people that she helps, I feel like my job's you know so low, but but yeah, I'd say my wife for sure.
1: Awesome. Sweet. i right, got two more. So next one is
0: favorite non real estate related hobby. Um, I would, I really like to stay active. Um, so I do a lot of, um, I started running after I read a David Goggins book. So I started, I ran my first half marathon. I'm training for my first marathon. I'll start training in a little bit. Um, and I like working out, you know, hanging out with my wife, um, you know, I grew up racing motocross. I don't do that anymore, but you know, anything outdoors, fishing, hunting, that type of stuff, okay. you know, staying active. hanging out awesome. friends.
1: Okay. And last one is newbie advice. So advice you give to someone that's looking to get started in real estate investing, whether that's flips rentals or wherever.
0: Yeah. Um, I would say find someone in your area that is doing what you want to do and just try to, to add as, you know, kind of cliche as it sounds, add value or add some sort of like, don't create a job for them, but but see like if you can help out help them out in any way like do you have spare time can you go door knock? can you do this can you help you know do errands or whatever um and just learn it that way and that that's the best way like you know i wouldn't wouldn't spend money on courses and different things i mean you can if you want but like getting in the getting in the you know getting dirty rolling your sleeves up and and getting in it and doing it with someone that's been there so like you can walk you kind of through things and um yeah
1: yeah i think that's awesome and i think for anyone that's listened to this podcast or multiple podcasts over the last few months or whatever, if you haven't understood to read rich dad, poor dad add value or get educated, then I don't know what else we have for you. I mean, we've said it so many times it's just because it's, it's proved it's proven it's proven method and it works. So awesome. Well, Chris, thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, I know you said it earlier, but where can someone connect or find out more about you?
0: Yeah. uh, Instagram, uh, Chris flips rock. So it's uh, Chris, C-H-R-I-S flips rock R-O-C. And yeah, ask me any questions or, you know, message me. Um, Love, love to help out people and um, love to see people get deals and kind of uh, just start the whole process and see the, you know, light bulb go off. It's pretty cool. So. Awesome.
1: Chris, thank you so much for being on and everyone. Thank you for tuning in today's episode. We'll see you next week.
0: Thanks for listening. We hope you took something away from today's episode. For more information,
1: you can find us on Instagram at Dante Belmonte.
0: See you next time.